Father, I surrender this teaching into your hands, Master. You are in control and you are the one who are speaking to your children. Thank you, O God, that as you made it easy for me to understand, so also you will speak through me and it will become easy for all your children who are sitting over here and who are watching the video too, that it will become easy for them to understand, O Master, because this is so crucial and it's so important that your children get to know how the end is going to be, O Master, and what a beautiful plan you have prepared for each and every one of us, O Master. And for all this, we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the thanks. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Mama Mary, Guardian Angel, and all the angels angels and saints and in heaven. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. So you're all excited? I'm super excited. More excited than you. So what did we do last time we started? It's when the seals are being opened. I told the seals are being opened. There are seven seals. And uh, each seal I said is wrapped around which has got a wax. So each time one seal is opened. So whatever is written in that seal is what could be red. What could be red. And John is called by you know the it's a heavenly scene now where there's the throne god the father is seated there are the uh, 24 elders they are the four living creatures john is also present and only the lamp was the one who is was found worthy to open the seal and now he's opening the seal one by one so i told you it's like a movie within a movie so it's a scene which is not happening right then but it is a scene that is shown to them and john is called by each of the living creatures to come and one of the seal is open and he sees what takes place. So the first seal was about the white horse. And that was about the Antichrist who is going to come. He will be given a little bit of power and authority and he is going to go out and conquer. So first one was the white horse. The second one we see is the rider with a red horse. And red signifies a war. And this seal is all about warfare. That is nations will be rising against Nations And there will be a lot of destruction during this because of uh, the wars that is taking place between uh, different countries and against each country, nation against nation and people against people. The third seal, when it was open, you can see a rider with a black horse. And this uh, rider is carrying scales, scales in his hand. And this indicates a time of total famine. There is a drought, there is a lack of you know, food and ration and amenities. And so the things that you're buying for a little amount, probably you have to give your entire day salary to just buy a loaf of bread. It will be that kind of a state of famine and drought at that time. And the fourth horse is a pale horse. That's a pale horse, rider with a pale horse, and it is about death. And this rider has been given power to cause the death of one-fourth of the earth. One-fourth of the earth is destroyed with sword, with famine, with pestilence, pestilence means diseases, and with wild animals. So these are the four seals that were opened. And the fifth seal does not show any rider, does not show any horse. The fifth seal shows the martyrs, the souls of the martyrs. These are the people who have died for Christ. They have been killed. They have been killed, they have been persecuted, then heads have, they have been beheaded or they have been put to death and the souls of these martyrs could be seen just below the altar of the Lord. So below the altar he sees the souls of so many of them and they are crying to God. So when the fifth seal is open, it's not about a destruction, it is more about the souls who have died and God is speaking to them. One thing I would like to explain which I missed out last time is that one, uh, the martyrs are saying to the Lord, in uh, chapter 6, verse 10, they cried out with a loud voice, 
Sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long will it be before you judge and avenge our blood on the inhabitants of the earth? So they are crying to God, said like you are, you, how long it is going to be? We have died for you. People have killed us. People have persecuted us. So when are you going to avenge our death? So what happened before this, that is like the, uh, you know, the first one is, uh, you can see the white horse that is uh, Antichrist coming into the earth. Then you see the war. Then you see the famine. Then you see death. Almost one fourth of the earth is destroyed. But all this is just the tribulation. It is not the wrath of God. You understanding? All this which happened till now is not the wrath of God. God has not yet poured out his wrath because he will say to them that they were all given a white robe and told to rest a little longer. There is still some more time till the number of people who are to be martyred, it gets completed. And after that will I pour my wrath. Means God is not punishing. So the Antichrist has come. The wars have begun. There is severe famine in the place. There is pestilence, diseases. One fourth of the earth is destroyed but still it is not the wrath of God. Are you understanding? It's not the wrath of God. So the wrath of God comes a little later. Then we come down to that uh, verse 12. That is where I stopped the last time. That is chapter 6 verse 12. So shall we read from there? When he opened the sixth seal I looked and there came a great earthquake the sun became black as sackcloth the full moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree drops its winter fruit when shaken by a gale so with the opening of the sixth seal we see a lot of earthly and cosmic disturbances there are a lot of things in the earth plus also the cosmic disturbances are uh, you know which is unparalleled in the history of the world. It has never happened before. Those things will take place with the opening of the sixth seals. I can divide that into six parts. The first is the earthquake. The second is the sun becomes black. The third is the full moon. It's a full moon and that becomes like blood. The fourth is the stars of the sky fall down to the earth. Then the sky vanishes. And then every mountain and island are removed from their place. So these are the six, you know, what is catastrophes that will take place once the sixth seal is open. You see a same reference of this in Matthew chapter 24 verse 29. Whatever is happening over here, there is everything written about it in, you know, in uh, in the Bible, also in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. Before I go to explanation, I will give you those verses so that you are aware of them and then when you have time you can go back and read because nothing comes just the first time in the book of Revelation. Whatever is written over there has already been predicted and told about in the Old Testament. So when you come to the book of Matthew chapter 24 verse 29 immediately after the suffering of those days. So it is written before all those things happen before I told you all about what happened with the first seal, second seal, third seal and the fourth seal. After the suffering of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. You understanding? So it exactly the same thing. Matthew 24, this exact chapter, 
is the same that you will see as how revelation unfolds in book from you know from 5 6 7 onwards if you go to the old testament there's a reference of it in joel 3 14 to 16 joel 3 14 to 16 for the day of the lord is near in the valley of decision the sun and the moon are darkened and the stars withdraw their shining the lord roars from zion that is the new jerusalem and utters his voice from jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shake the same things can you see in joel also is written the sun and moon are darkened it's a time of decision the stars withdraw the light and the lord is roaring and the heavens and the earth shake you will read again in isaiah chapter 13 verse 9 to 10 see the day of the lord comes cruel with wrath and fierce anger to make the earth a desolation and to destroy its sinners from it for the stars of the heaven and their constellations will not give their light the sun will be dark at its rising and the moon will not shed its light you're getting it so it's it's also there in the other books i have just taken from joel and isaiah and even if you go for the new testament i said matthew 24 in the new testament you see same in luke and mark luke is 21 and mark 13 luke 21 25 and mark 13 24 these three gospels you know matthew 24 luke 21 and mark 13 say the same thing about how the world is going to come to an end so when you read all these chapters you will realize that what is going to happen there is going to be a great earthquake the earthquake is not only going to be on the earth but it is also going to shake the heavens it's not that the heaven will get destroyed but the you will feel the quake completely shaking everything that is the earth the first and the second heaven nothing happens to the third heaven so what is the earth the first heaven is what you see the second heaven is above that and third heaven is where god the father stays so i believe that the earth the first and the second heaven is where you will feel the entire thing being shook and then what happens after that the sun will not give its light so if the sun is not there what will happen there will be complete darkness total darkness all over the world so when there is darkness there will be no there is no light there is no heat so there is no heat there is no heat you will not receive so there will be no light completely it will be completely darkened and they say it will be a full moon and the moon will become like blood if the moon becomes like blood means it's totally dark so the moon also will not shine so we have the sun during the day the moon during the night so even the day will be complete darkness and even the night will be complete darkness and then they say the stars will fall down from the sky now you have to understand this in a particular way because even if one star falls down on earth the earth will get destroyed because the stars are much bigger than the earth the earth is very small even the sun is a star the sun is also a star it's thousand times bigger than the earth you consider the other stars so if the other stars also fall then the earth even one star falls the earth will be get destroyed but god is not destroying the whole earth he is not going to destroy it so what is the meaning of this so you can see that in that particular word they say no as the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree drops its winter fruit when shaken by a gale gale means is a forceful wind and the wind is just shaking the tree up so much that all the fruits of the fig tree which are not yet ripened they are beginning to fall 
so that he is explaining is how the stars will fall that means the star is by itself is not going to fall when a star dies what is left a meteor is left so you will see many meteors coming and hitting the earth are you getting it so it will be many meteors lights which will come and it will be falling like when you are shaking a tree and you see the fruits are falling down like the meteors will be hitting from different directions complete different directions the meteors will be falling down on the earth and the stars will also completely stop shining even the stars also will not shine so total darkness no sun no moon no stars everything in the whole earth is had just experienced massive earthquake so the definitely there will be a lot of destruction and apart from the destruction now there is no light like suppose when you have a destruction immediately people go in to help because you know the light is there people are there you can see what's happening you you need that light to go and rescue somebody but if there's total darkness what can you do nothing can be done nothing can be done no one can be even rescued and pulled out and there is no heat so there will be more death and destruction during that time the sun's the sun also will completely stop moon stop even the stars will stop there's no light at all and after that the great horror movie starts like what will happen the sky will roll up the sky the sky that the sky which you see will completely roll up like a scroll last time i taught you about a scroll if you think about a scroll like when you buy a calendar they give you it all rolled rolled up with those you know tied up and all and it is in that position for some time so when it is rolled up and you want to open it you open it it's still not very straight so you put your hand on it and try to flatten it out and as long as your hand is trying to flatten it out it will take that shape but the moment you remove your hand what will happen it will roll back again it will roll back again the same way the sky will roll off it will split in between and roll off completely if it rolls off what will happen now whatever we are now the sky is the one which is not allowing us to see what is above the sky but that time the sky will completely roll off and now we will be able to see what is above the skies so what is in the second heaven and everything will be visible for the whole world to see total darkness destruction and then suddenly you will see there's nothing above your head so this is the calamity that will take place that the sky will vanish like a scroll it will just roll off it will just roll off like how you roll it up it will just roll off and disappear it like split into two and the entire heaven will be exposed to see go to verse uh, 14 the sky vanishes like a scroll rolling itself up you understanding it vanishes the sky will vanish like a scroll rolling itself up and every mountain and island was removed from its place so every mountain on earth every island what is an island is a land surrounded by water on all sides so every mountain will be taken away so if you have the mount everest in one place it will move its place if there is an island which we know we talking about or that it will not be there everything will change its place it's not saying that they will be destroyed it just says that they will be removed like for god it will be like you know they'll be like penis they just could juggle up and the things on the earth will just shake and move away so if india was here probably india will not be here us is not there that is not there everything will shift off all the mountains and islands will shift their place now why would god want to move the mountains and the islands to understand that you have to come to the next verse the next verse is 15 then the kings of the earth and the magnets magnets are who 
the extremely people, powerful people who have a lot of drug mafia, the kings, the lords, you know, those people who have a lot of money, and the generals, and the rich, and the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid in the caves, and among the rocks of the mountains. Now, all these people are unbelievers. Every one of them who's mentioned over here is someone who has been standing on their own strength. I'm so rich. I'm so powerful. I am a, you know, an emperor. I'm a king. I'm a mogul. I have so much of money, power, drugs, authority. I am a king. All those people, even he says, even the slaves, people who are powerless too, but who do not believe in God. They, when they see this happen, they will go hide among the mountains or they will go to the islands and they will hide thinking I will escape. So what does God do? He removes all the mountains and the islands so that every human being is exposed to God. Are you understanding? There is no place for anyone to hide. There will be nothing. He will remove everything. So there is no place for any single human being to hide. That's why he removes all the mountains and the islands. And then what they will say, you know, these people who are uh, who are running Helter Skelter, they will say, they call to the mountains and the rocks. They are calling to the mountains and the rock, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. It looks funny, like if suddenly if you're standing and, you know, just talking to a mountain, fall on me. People will think you're mad. What do you mean? You're talking to a mountain and saying, fall on me. But that mountain will not be, you know, on the ground, which is dug deep, strong. It will not happen. They'll be floating around. They will be being thrown from here, thrown there. Total catastrophe happening. And these people are saying that you, they know they're going to die. They know they're going to die because you cannot stand in your unworthiness before the Holy of Holies because now they will be seeing the throne of God, they will be in the presence of God and God is looking down at them and they cannot stand and they know they are going to die or you know, they want to die, they want to commit suicide, like they want to do something but there's no place to hide, there is not a single place so they're crying to the mountains that fall down on me just fall down on me, like me, so that kill me they, even if the death also happens, they know the body dies but the spirit will be still alive so they want to hide from this God the entire humanity of unbelievers will be so scared of God. That will be the that will be the state on that particular day. Understanding this is the when the sixth seal has been opened. But till now, the wrath of God has not been poured. This is still tribulation time. You understanding? This is a time of tribulation, and this particular six things are an indication of before the Jesus will appear. Before the second coming of Jesus, these things will happen. This is telling that the Lord is going to come. Are you understanding till the sixth seal? Now there is one more seal. That is the seventh seal. And the seventh seal is the wrath of God. The seventh seal is the wrath of God. So we expect that chapter 7 will be talking about the seventh seal. But it doesn't talk about the seventh seal. The seventh seal is spoken about only in the 8th chapter. So something he has put in between chapter 6 and chapter 8. He has put a chapter he is going to pour out his wrath but before he pours out his wrath he is giving a time of for the you know the people to be saved. He is going to pour out his wrath but there is something that he has to do before he pours out his wrath. And that redemption happens in chapter 7. So we will go to chapter 7. Have, have you understood 6? 
Yes, okay. If you have any doubts over there, no, just put a point or a mark and everything. We can discuss this later. And uh, the chapter 7 is about the 1,44,000 people who have been Israel who are sealed. Who are sealed. So, okay, chapter 7, verse 1. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth so that no wind may blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Now this is what John is seeing. And then what does he see? He sees four angels. He sees four angels who are standing at the four corners of the earth. Now is the earth round? Yeah. So how do you say it's a corner? Does round spears have corners? Is something mistake with the Bible? Bible makes mistake? Doesn't make a mistake. So here the corners does not actually mean that the spear, the four extremities, the four regions or the four quadrants, that's north, south, east and west. So these are the four regions of the earth and four angels are standing there and they are holding back. They are, that is preventing something to happen. These angels must be so mighty and big because they have to cover the entire earth. They have to cover the entire earth, the entire circumference of the earth. Four angels are standing in these four regions or quadrants and they are holding back. What are they holding back? Four winds of the earth so that no wind could blow on earth or sea or against any tree. So that means that later on, when you see in verse 8, that you will see this when they let go of their hold on this wind, on the winds, the winds will blow in they will cause destruction on which places? They will cause destruction on the earth, the sea and the trees. So this will be, so when, uh, this is now actually before the destruction happens, the angels have been told to hold on. Don't let it, don't let the winds blow and destroy either the earth, the sea or the tree. In verse, when we go to chapter 8, we will see that the winds will be let loose and that will go destroy the earth, the sea and the trees. Okay. And then verse 2, I saw another angel. Now the four angels are standing guard. He sees another angel ascending from the rising of the sun. Having the seal of the living God and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to damage earth and sea, saying do not damage the earth or the sea or the trees until we have marked the servants of our God with a seal on their foreheads. So he sees another angel. Now he is, you know, appearing from the rising of the sun. Remember, it is dark. But the sky has been rolled away. So probably that angel who is coming can see where is the position of the sun. And from the position of the sun, he is coming. So he is very bright. And with a very loud voice, he is telling to all the angels, hold on, you are not going to do any damage until, until what? I have, we, we have marked the servants of a God with a seal on their forehead. I knew, I told you what's a seal, no? It's like any documents are there, we seal it. It's a stamp of authority and saying that once a seal in style, whatever is written about that, I vouch for it. I stand by it. My, like everything of mine, if I put a seal, I stand by it. So that is the seal and this is seal of God. And this angel is carrying that seal and he's saying we are now going to mark the servants of God on their foreheads. Okay. And verse 4 says, And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000, 
they were sealed out of every tribe of the people of Israel. They were how many people? 1,44,000. They were sealed and they were taken from every tribe of Israel. So there are 12 tribes of Israel and if you go from the tribe of Judah, it starts. actually Judah is not the first son. Actually Reuben is the first son, but it starts from the tribe of Judah. And why Judah? Because Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, so probably that's what Judah is mentioned first. Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Ishakar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. These are the 12 tribes, and from each, 12,000 people are taken from each tribe. Now before I come to the identity of who are this 1,44,000 people, I want to tell you why would they want to be sealed? Why are you sealing them? What is the reason that you want to seal them? For that we need to go to Revelation chapter 9. Go to Revelation chapter 9, verse 3 to 5. Revelation chapter 9, verse 3. Um, then from the smoke came locust, locust on the earth, and they were given authority like the authority of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to damage the grass of the earth or any green growth or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So, you know, the locusts are coming. This is like the, uh, I told you about when I was speaking about different types of, uh, you know, the demonic powers. Many of them were hidden and put in the bottomless pit and at the time of revelation they will come up. So this is the time when they are coming out of the bottomless pit. They come out as locusts. Now description of locusts will be given in that chapter. So I'm not touching that now. Now they will come out and what is their job? They are like, they have stings. They are locusts and they will sting and they will sting in such a way, people will be in pain, they want to die, but they will not be able to die. They cannot die. The pain will be excruciating, but they will not die. It's not possible to die. And they are told not to destroy only three things. You are not supposed to touch which three things? The grass of the earth, the green plants, green growth, and all the people who have been sealed on those foreheads. So this sealing has been, is, is going to be, you know, it's happening so that these people escape the wrath of God. Are you understanding? Now the reason for the sealing was so that when the wrath happens, this 1,44,000 people are not, you know, yeah, but the locusts cannot touch them. So the other people, other people on the earth will be stung by this locust but the people who have the seals on the forehead the locusts can do nothing so the purpose of the seal was to protect this 1,44,000 people from being harmed so you understood now the same thing is given you know there's uh, the sealing on the forehead is written in Ezekiel 9 I will talk to you about that so that you understand this. I will spend a little time on this 1,44,000 people because many teachings which have been given, many teachings which I heard were absolutely wrong. So that's why I'll spend a little time on this because this is what the Lord told and I need to spend a little time on this. So be patient, listen carefully so that it is, uh, you know, you understand what God wants to tell you in this 1,44,000. In this uh, Ezekiel chapter 9 verse 4, what happens? In this, Ezekiel is given a vision. It's not happening. He is given a vision. And what is the vision? Is told to him, go through the city, through Jerusalem, and put a mark on the forehead. Put a mark on the forehead of those who sigh and groan over all the abominations that are committed in it. 
So what is Ezekiel told in the vision? That go to the city, the city of uh, Jerusalem, and you need to mark the foreheads of all those who sigh and groan. Sigh and groan means they are upset. They are angry. They are crying. What's happening in our city? Why all these bad things are happening? Now what's the meaning of the word abomination? This word abomination will come many times later on in the revelation. So I'll make it clear. What is abomination? It's a thing that causes you know disgust or loathing. You are disgusted with something. You loathe something. That is the meaning of the word abomination. And in other words which are similar to, you know, which are similar to abomination, it's like obscenity. It can be disgrace, horror, outrage, atrocity. So all those things which you look at and they say, yeah, yuck, horrible. How people can do these things? Are they human beings? How can they walk like this? How can they behave like this? You are disgusted with the way people behave. That is called as an abomination. So there were many people who were living in the city who were completely disgusted with what the people of the city were doing. They didn't like the behavior. They didn't like the way they lived. They didn't like the way they clothed themselves. The way they were speaking bad words. So they're disgusted with them. So these people who were disgusted with all the bad things that were happening, these are the people who were told that you need to put a mark on their forehead. They were not participating in the criminal activities or the or the obscene things that were taking place in the particular city of Jerusalem. But they were angry with what was happening. So he tells them to mark those people and then you go ahead 9.5 says you will see that everyone as you go ahead you will read that everyone is supposed to be massacred you are not going to spare anybody that means if anyone does not have the mark on the forehead even the youth the men the women the young the old the suckling you have to kill everyone but you will not touch anyone who is who has the seal on the forehead you will not touch now what you see in Ezekiel is a vision. This is a foreshadowing of what is going to happen in Revelation. When the wrath of God after that it will happen. So that is Revelation 9.4. Now whatever the devil, whatever God does, the devil counterfeits. The d- devil cannot create anything. He only distorts what God is doing or God is going to do. And everything he distorts. So you will see that devil also now starts sealing the his people. He also puts the mark of the beast on his people. Are you aware? You read the number 666, the people will take and all those things. He also puts his mark on his people. A time is going to come that when that mark is not been put in you, you will not be able to do any transactions. All the transactions will take place only if you have the mark. So if you are going to a shop and you are going to buy some provisions, you are going to buy milk or bread or anything, that mark has to be there. If that mark is not there, they will not let you buy anything. You go to the petrol pump, you don't have the mark, you will not be even able to put put petrol in your bike or your car or drive anywhere. Life is going to become totally impossible. There will be surveillance cameras all over. So it's nowhere that you can escape or do anything. So putting the mark will become mandatory for all those who are alive at that point of time. Otherwise, you will die. You know, you will, uh, you know, you will die with you because you will have no food. You will rot yourself to death and things will become so bad. So that mark will be put by the devil. And what he will tell those people, many people who are believers will get deceived by this. Mark me. Because he will tell them, Ezekiel, go to Ezekiel 9.4. He will show them the same scripture. The devil is not going to make a new Bible. Remember, he is not going to make a new Bible. He takes the same Bible, but distorts it. 
he distorts the bible a little portions of it he'll remove and add remove and add remove and add something so those who are not knowing this bible will be carried away by what the devil says and he'll they will go back to ezekiel 9 and ezekiel 9 says that you have to mark your forehead so i am the real god i told you he will masquerade as the false god many prophets will come saying i am jesus i am jesus the devil is not going to come with his horn and his red tail or anything like that he may come just like jesus so people will think maybe this is jesus maybe this is jesus so many people will follow him and when they follow him he will tell them that i need to mark you if i don't mark you you will be killed and only if i mark you will you get all these rations his provisions and everything and after that he will take them to 95 then he will tell them you need to kill the people who don't have those mark so actually believers will go killing other people because they are following what the bible said bible 94 uh, ezekiel 94 says that they have to be marked and ezekiel 95 says you need to go kill all those people who don't have the mark and the devil is going to do the same he is going to counterfeit he is going to masquerade like christ but the one thing that will be different between these two is the mark so you should know what is that mark that differentiates whether it's a mark given by god or it's a mark of the beast so that differentiation when they know he cannot put the same mark the mark that what is given by god this mark is different so learning this by you know this revelation is so very mandatory for every one of us because the time will come when our children right now are not reading bibles right they are not going to church there is nothing all of you all of you are very good children who are coming but there are many people you see in your family you see in the society and everywhere so who is going to teach them this if you know only will you be able to pass it on to the next generation teach them and if this happens during our our time when we are alive then we should know the signs of the times so it's mandatory that you understand this so now we understood now you got it that there is going to be a seal and the seal is going to be the on the forehead and that is going to be applied now why this number 144000 why this specific number 144000 is only 144000 people you know who are believers on this earth are they only so many of us then what happens to the rest of the world even if you take the population of one small 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 country it will be much more than 144000 you take bangalore itself our population is much much more than 1 lakh so you mean to say living bangalore even if 1 lakh 44000 what happens to the rest of the world what happens to everybody where do they go so why this specific number 1 lakh 44000 before we go to this i just want to read that one word for you then i will teach you what is this number 1 lakh 44000 so what does he say many people think that is 1 lakh 44000 are the jews the other jews so 1 lakh 44000 people are the they are telling they are the only jews oh only only the pentecost are actually there's a small uh, i'm sorry jehovah witness there's also a i forgotten the name of uh, a small village in uh, in in us uh, where the population is almost 1 lakh so they say and that uh, village has all the pious people living there means they really are after god's own heart so people have done a survey and they say once the population of this reaches 1 lakh 44000 then that's it the world will start you know the end will come so people can make any assumptions it's your you know it's your free will to walk but we are not you know i'm not worrying about assumptions we should know what the bible is telling us so who are this 1 lakh 44000 people you know so and uh, does he say is it uh, uh, the 1 lakh 44000 of the people of the jews or what does he say he says 144000 sealed out of every tribe of the people of israel all israelites jews 
Are all the Israelites Jews? No, I will teach. That's why I'll come and teach you that all Israelites are not Jews. Now, for that, you have to go back to a little bit in the history. What happened? Now, Israel had 12 children. And from the 12 children came the 12 tribes. Okay. And these 12 tribes were living in Egypt. They were living in Egypt. They were there for 430 years. After 430 years, they're taken out by Moses. They come out. They go, you know, they go on a 11-day journey. They take it into a 40-day of wandering around in the desert. So they are in the desert. And after that, they enter into the promised land. They enter into the promised land. After that, for a period of 400 years, the judges are over the authority of the 12 tribes. Are you understanding? There are these millions of people who were in captivity in Egypt for 430 years. They come out of Egypt. They stay in the desert for 40 years. After 40 years, they enter into the promised land. Now in the promised land, these 12 tribes are all together. And who is taking care of them? For 400 years, the judges the judges are responsible for taking care of everything that takes place in that the judges were appointed for them. Now after that, the people started crying. They said like, how other nations have a king? We also want to have a king whom we can see. Though God the Father was talking to them, he used to come to them, he used to approach to them. He was like the pillar of cloud in the morning and he, he used to come in the burning bush and he used to come in the as peals of lightning and thunder and everything. And they had the tabernacle with them. But with all that, the people started grumbling and said that we wanted a king. We want a king whom we can see. Whom we can see, who can lead us into war. So, God the Father says, okay, the people are grumbling. What they want, I will give it to them. So he, you know, tells prophet Samuel to anoint the first king. And the first king is Saul. And Saul is a Benjaminite. He is from the tribe of Benjamin. That is the almost the smallest tribe in in the last tribe and the smallest tribe. And he was hiding, you know, I remember I taught about Saul. He was actually hiding between the missionary. He didn't even think he was worth to become the king. He didn't even go forward. But from there, Saul, you know, the Samuel go, picks him up and makes him the first king. And after Saul, who becomes king? David. David. So Saul rules for 40 years. After Saul dies, David becomes king. He also rules for 40 years. And after David dies, his son Solomon becomes king. And Solomon also rules for 40 years. Now this 120 years, which was ruled by Saul and David and Solomon, in this rule, they were the king over all the 12 tribes of Israel. They were the king over all the 12 tribes of Israel were united and they had only one king. Now what happens when Solomon dies? When Solomon dies, his son Rehoboam comes and is made a king. Now Rehoboam is nowhere like his father or grandfather or great grandfather. Even he is so worse. Even Saul was not so bad. Rehoboam is evil by nature. Actually all the elders, you know, they come to Rehoboam when he is, elders means the members, the, the people representing the 12 tribes. People of the 12 tribes, they come to Rehoboam and they say that, you know, we have this kind of difficulty. Can you, you know, uh, make our, our burdens lighter? Can you make our yoke light? So uh, this Rehoboam goes to the elders in his, uh, in the, in the kingdom, and he asks their opinion. And the elders will tell them that, yes, what they are asking is justified. You lighten their burden. So then he goes back to his own peers, people his age, and he asks them, these people have come from the 12 tribes, and this is the petition. What do you want me to do? So what these people who are his own age group, they tell him, 
no don't ever do it you tighten it make it even more difficult for them and you leave scorpions to go and kill these people so he has to make a judgment whether he will listen to the the elders advice or he will listen to the people of his own age group the peers so when these people come back to the you know the kingdom to meet up with rehobam they will ask him so what's what's uh, what uh, what is your decision on what we have put forth for so when he they ask him rehobam now tells him no i'm not going to make your burdens light uh, you know burdens lighter i'm going to increase your yoke i'm going to make it so difficult for you to live here it's going to things are going to become more difficult and instantly what happens then 10 tribes which were on the northern side northern region of this entire place the kingdom where all the israelites were staying together there are 12 tribes now 10 tribes will rebel against rehobam they will separate off they will separate off and now he is left with only two tribes that is he and the tribe of the benjamins are you understanding his grandfather was from the tribe of the benjamins so the 10 northern tribes they will move out from this two tribes and this northern tribes are now called the kingdom of israel they are called the kingdom of israel now these two tribes are the tribes of judah and the tribe of benjamin the tribe of judah and the tribe of benjamin now these separate off and now this tribe the people of judah started getting called because judah they got the name jews are you understanding now so the israelites are different the jews are different are you getting it are you getting it why there is so much of they became one but the most the benjamin was the most smallest of all judah was the biggest like they had the maximum people jesus also comes from the tribe of judah so the 10 tribes which went off they are called the the tribes of or the kingdom of israel and the two tribes which stayed back they are called the tribe of kingdom of judah this kingdom of judah contained the people of judah the benjaminites and also some levites now you levites were the priest so when the priest uh, order they did not stay together they were scattered among all the 11 other tribes right they were given the job of a priestly ministry so they did not stay together so levites were also with the rubenites they were with the gadites they were there with the asherites they were with the ishkarites with the benjaminites with all the other groups levites were placed everywhere so you will see that in this group of the kingdom of judah there are people from judah there are people from the benjaminites and there are levites so these are now two separate kingdoms they are not no longer one after solomon's death it has never been one from that time on now you can to get one scripture so that you will know it 1 kings 1220 says 1 kings 1220 says and when all israel heard that jeroboam had returned they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all israel there was none that followed the house of david but the tribe of judah only so, so there was nobody who followed the house of david 
there was no one everybody rebelled because of what uh, king rehobam did that day and that day the tribe of 12 split into two 10 and 2 10 is the northern kingdom and 2 is the southern kingdom the southern kingdom is the kingdom of judah and this judah went on to be called as jews it's a completely beautiful different teaching i will explain in detail how it happens in a different teaching but i just want to get that number 1 lakh 44000 to to make you understand that's why i have to give you a brief of what happens in this so now they are different so the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom are completely different southern kingdom has rehobam but the you know it's a bad kingdom because he, the king is bad not that all the people are bad but from it is th- that tribe that the jews are, they are called they no longer called as judah uh, judaites they are called as Jews and from the Jews there are people who are from the Benjaminite tribe, from the Judah tribe, and a few Levites. And also after that, you know, the Northern Kingdom people, what they did, they there was a war. The Assyrians came and you know took over them. Now they had split, and Assyrians came. And not only that, these people now started mixing and mingling with people from every tribe. People who just come in, all the heathen with their idols, you know, Baal worshippers. They all came into the northern kingdom. They came. They did everything evil that was inside. So there was no pure, you know, a person you could say, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm actually a Rubenite. I'm a Gadite. It didn't happen because the they married, then the children married people from other tribe. They married other tribe, and many years. It's not a couple of years, but hundreds and hundreds of years. So probably it is 400 years that there is no person that you can say that you know was a true. A true person from this kingdom, and if you take it uh, down before I come to that, now what happens? This Assyrians they overtook this kingdom of the northern kingdoms. They fought a war. They overtook them, and when they overtook them, there was a king by the name of Omri or something. Omri. He took over, and he was king for that time. The capital was a place called Tyra. Tyra was a place of the thing, and he took over. But in he was the king only for seven days. within 7 days his main general rebelled against him and his general rebelled against him so this guy this king he thought that if i am not going to be the king this you know this palace and this entire kingdom also will not stay it should not stay so he burns the entire kingdom down he dies in the process but he destroys the kingdom now this second king takes over his name is emri he takes over so when he comes to this place now he is the king he was a general now he becomes a king and when he becomes a king he sees that the entire place this tyra has been completely destroyed burnt down by the king the king is also dead so he says i do not want to build rebuild my kingdom in the same place i will build my kingdom in a another place so he goes and buys a land from a person by the name of shema by the person shema he pays money and buys that land and in that land now he builds his kingdom and that land that kingdom after the person whom he bought shemai he names it samaria so it becomes the people who are living there become the samaritans are you understanding so all the people of the northern kingdom didn't have any proper breed of all those people they were there but they had mixed and mingled now they become the samaritans and you read about the samaritans in the new testament and when you read in the new testament what does jesus tell them he says don't go don't go to the gentiles don't enter into the land of the samaria also go to the lost sheep of israel 
he does not even allow the his people that is the disciples to go and preach to samaria first but later on they will be preached but when he starts his ministry probably uh, i think so is luke chapter 10 he tells them don't even go and preach to samaria because samaria did not have any of the people that of like if you take the tribes of israel which came down are you understanding so you understanding this is a two tribes and now if you come to the new testament there will be hardly anyone is even mentioned in the new testament who belonged to the tribe of israel who was the tribe of israel the northern kingdom the 10 kingdoms they are the tribe of israel there is only one lady who is mentioned who is from the tribe of israel and that is that lady she is a prophet anna if you look at luke uh, 236 when they bring jesus to the temple there is uh, simeon and then there is this prophet anna this prophet anna what they have written about her she is a prophet anna she is daughter of phineal of the tribe of asher asher if you read there in among the tribes you read 1 2 3 4 one judah reuben is the third child actually correct sister but in the mention in this it is shown as a tribe of asher she is the only one person who is mentioned from the tribe of asher in the entire new testament means they could not find anyone apart from her in the new testament but what does the bible say here you will have 12000 from the tribe of judah 12000 from the tribe of reuben 12000 from god 12000 from asher so where are you going to find this 12000 people it's practically impossible to find them in the present times even at times now if you want to go and see you can go to the encyclopedia and go type you know descendants of reuben descendants of god descendants of you know benjamin many of the tribes don't even exist now because it will come as you know these tribes intermingled with so many heathen population and now we cannot trace any one of them we do not know any pure benjaminite or any pure reubenite or any pure gadite present in the times now so from where are you going to get this 12000 people now to make this understand you will have to go to revelation chapter 14 now the whole book of revelation which i have taught you that is from chapter 1 to chapter 19 chapter 20 and 21 are similar to genesis creation recreation perfect creation after that genesis 3 onwards till revelation 19 onwards is what the havoc happens in the whole world only genesis 1 and 2 and Gen- and revelation 21 and 22 are perfect world created recreated you understand jerusalem the new jerusalem between that is the entire plan of salvation and how the second coming of jesus and everything first coming of jesus second coming of jesus now when you take the book of revelation from chapter 1 to 11 what happens and then chapter 12 to chapter 19 what happens follows the same chronology it is a repetition twice it's a repetition twice 1 to 11 and again 12 to 19 follows the similar pattern so if you take the book of 7 the revelation which we reading 7 it is the same revelation 14 because the 144000 are mentioned there so i will go there i will teach this in detail later on when i come to that but i will just take a little thing so you go to revelation 14 revelation 14 is also about the lamb and the 144000 So then I looked. That is, same John looked, and there was a lamb standing on Mount Zion. What is Mount Zion? 
What is Mount Zion? Mount Zion is the Jerusalem, New Jerusalem. And with him were whom? With him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. So what was the seal? You got the answer for the seal. The name of Jesus and the name of God. Whose name? God the Son, God the Father. Yes, and God the Son. So Jesus' name and God the Father's name. That was the seal. That was the seal that was put on their forehead. And I heard a voice from heaven. So where all this is happening? Who are there in heaven? Four living creatures. Plus there's one lakh forty-four thousand people. Where are they? They are in heaven. You're getting it? So they are in heaven. And I heard a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing in the harps and they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. I'll explain later. But this is, you understand, it's just that they're all over there and they're singing a new song. No one could learn that song except that 144,000 who have been redeemed from the earth. They have been redeemed from the earth. Now, if they have been redeemed from the earth, how did they reach heaven? Simple. They died, went to heaven. Did you understand? It's simple. They died and they went to heaven. So, they were actually on earth, but they died and they went to heaven. Are you understanding? It may be a little difficult. It took me a lot of time to understand. So I can, with all your blank expressions, I am getting an idea that it is a little difficult to understand. But, you know, take it slowly. We will digest it slowly. I will explain to you. So no one could learn that song except that 1,44,000 from the earth. And what is this? And who are this 1,44,000 comes in verse 4. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. These follow the lamb wherever he goes. They have been redeemed from humankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb and in their mouth no lie was found and they are blameless. So there are this 1,44,000 people have this five criterias that are for them. The first thing is what? They have not defiled themselves with women. So definitely they are men. They are men and they are all virgins. The second is they follow Jesus wherever he goes. So where is Jesus? Jesus is in heaven. So they are following Jesus in heaven. So they are all in heaven. And they were redeemed from earth as first fruits. I mean they lived a life that was so holy. They lived like saints. And they were the first fruits that was given to God the Father. They never spoke a lie. And they were blameless. These are the you know kind of five criterias of the people who have this one lakh. 44,000 people, this is the criteria. And this 1,44,000 people are from the tribes of Israel or from the Old Testament. All from the Old Testament. They are not people who are existing now who are going to be sealed on their forehead. They do not exist on earth. They are all in heaven. Chapter 7 and chapter 14 are Duplicate. When you go before also, like if you see so chapter... No, no. They're not there. Not there. I will explain that. It's a good question. They're not there in the time of New Testament. Now, why is the seal put? Now you think, why is the seal put? Before the seal is put, like suppose you say this is the kingdom. There's a kingdom. There is a king. 
and he has to give a order so when he has to give an order he calls his people he writes down the everything the agreement or whatever he has to do and then what he does at the end of it he seals it then he sends it to be spread throughout the kingdom so that whatever was written in the seal could be executed if is written something that has to be executed now before he is uh, you know sending the people out to uh, you know to execute the to spread it out he is already prepared what he is going to do yes or no suppose it is like all the people get ready for war a war is going to happen i mean you know this time the war is going to take place and this is what we are going to do and this is the every person who is above 18 years of age you need to assemble over here like suppose that is the a thing he is already prepared what he is going to do he is not going to prepare after the after everybody gets a message is the king going to do that he is already prepared for war he knows it's going to happen now he seals it and he sends the message so god also knows he is going to pour out his wrath people are going to before the wrath happens rapture will take place okay so going to pour out the wrath and when the wrath will take place there will be no one on earth to preach the good news so he has to prepare some people who are completely saint like so that he can send them to earth to preach the good news is gone too much is gone too much okay it's little too much so okay i will come to that in the later chapters i will be teaching in much detail about this i i literally been breaking my head last few days anikith would have been seen me you know i says not entering my head i'm not understanding i'm not understanding and i said lord you explain to me make it clear make it clear so before the seal could before the wrath could be poured out he has to be prepared with what he is going to do after the wrath is poured out god is not going to be you know surprised or anything he has everything planned out so he needs this 144000 people to be sealed now those people who are in heaven do not know who will be that 144000 there are so many people who are in heaven so they do not know so he picks and chooses those saints so those saints are in heaven and they are sealed with that seal on their forehead they're already in heaven yeah going to do yeah they are in heaven they are in heaven there are only people there many people there are not 144000 there are millions of people there and among them he is going to pick up 144000 and he is going to send them to send them to earth understand he is he knows it all god knows it all god knows there's nothing that is going to take him by surprise he knows what's going to happen when the wrath is going to happen and when all the seven you know they, we have the seven trumpets and the seven vials and all those things are going to take place what's going to happen so even at that time there will be no one left to preach the gospel so god will send this 144000 and two witnesses he will send two witnesses and 144000 to go preach the gospel so he does not want anyone to be lost at that time so this 144000 are from the tribe of israel they are from the tribe of israel but they are not from the new testament people they are all from the old testament people and that way he could get because there were lakhs of people so getting 12000 from benjaminites is not a problem getting 12000 from judah is not a problem getting 12000 from gad is not a problem so he gets those people they are already saints and in heaven are you understanding Two and three, 
take a mic down. otherwise the, it will not come on the record all right if there is a case then um, here in chapter 7 verse 2 and 3 uh we we uh, we saw that uh, the four angels were around who were like holding of the wind and one angel comes from the no, uh, from Rising where the, the sun, sun rises and says like you know do not hold back huh? don't pour the, hold back the wind hold back yeah. until, do not destroy do not destroy until, until these seals have been put yes, on 144000 people. Uh, people so, so i mean it's it says like uh, seal the servants of our god, god. on their forehead all right yes. now so now you're saying that okay they are already in heaven so the that means to say up. the sky has rolled up so does it I mean that you, this this incident is already over or? no 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 it's going to take place it's not over Nothing but they are already happened. sealed no they, that is in chapter 14 i will explain that later on here the sky rolls up i told you earthquake happens hmm. then the sun is darkened hmm. the moon is darkened hmm. the stars fall i explained about what do you mean by stars falling hmm. is a meteor what happens after that the sky is rolled, rolled up, up and after that what happens the so you can earth. see means everyone who is on earth is able to see what's happening in heaven. heaven and god knows now he is going to pour out his wrath so i am going to seal 144000 of those people now who are this 144000 of the people Perhaps you see in book of revelation 14 because it's a same chronology of order it follows like first you have the tribulation and then you have the sun moon and all darkening then you have jesus coming and there is a rapture and after the rapture comes the wrath this is the chronology of events that takes place you have to read matthew 24 i said mark 21 and luke 13 you read it is the same chronology of order the tribulation then the sun moon and all getting darkening then it happens is the jesus will appear the rapture takes place and then after that he'll pour down his wrath you understanding so this 144000 maybe the people on earth also can see up because they will be the saints who will be sealed so they, they will already, not go from earth they are already there they're already now there. but they are not sealed. not sealed okay did you understand yeah so, okay so i will just read that again and i heard the number of those who were sealed 144000 sealed out of every tribe of the people of israel from the tribe of judah reuben gad asher naphtali manasseh simeon levi ishakar zebulun joseph and benjamin they were how many uh, 20000 from sorry 12000 from each so total of 12000 into 12 is like 144000 so i was telling like you know the uh, chapter 7 is same as chapter 14 so chapter 6 is same as chapter 12 and 13 and chapter 8 is same as chapter 15 and 16 it's the same 6 is like 12 and 13 7 is 14 and chapter 8 is same as chapter 15 and 16 so the same chronology so when you don't understand something in this you go back to that you will get an explanation of it that's all you don't understand what happens here you go back there the explanation is given then you relate both because it's the same thing then you understand what happens so now we come down to revelation we have touched to chapter 8 now we come to the multitude from every nation that is 7 verse 9 chapter 7 verse 9 after this i looked and behold so after this is what after the ceiling after this john looks and he says there was a great a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands yeah right 
So immediately after this, what does he see? He sees there is a great multitude that he could not count. Bible counts even millions of people. So if he says he cannot count, it's much, much more than millions of people. Suddenly, like in the throne, there was only God the Father, there was a God the Son, the Lamb, then you had the four elders, you had the four living creatures, 24 elders, four living creatures, and then now the ceiling of those uh, 1,44,000, and suddenly, suddenly you see, there are millions of people all around you. Not one or two. It's like millions of people all around you. Who are these millions of people all around you? Go back again to Matthew 24. So what does it say, you know? Immediately after the suffering of those days, the sun is darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and with great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So after those things happen, before his wrath is going to be poured out, he is going to gather his elect. Whenever you read the word elect in the Bible, in the New Testament, it means the people who are saved. So all the saved from all the corners of the earth will be taken up into heaven instantly. Are you understanding? Are you understanding? At that point of time, before God is going to pour out his wrath, he is going to take all his Elect all the people who saved, all the people who believe in God will be raptured into heaven. But this rapture is not a pre-tribulation rapture. That is what people teach you. There is no pre-tribulation rapture. Rapture happens before the wrath of God falls. I told you tribulation, then sun, moon are darkened. Then after that comes the Jesus appears, that the rapture takes place. And then comes the wrath of God. What many people teach is the wrath, the rapture happens even before tribulation starts. No, no, no. All those horses will come. One fourth of the earth will be destroyed. There will be famine. All that people will live. Even those who are believers will live. They will go through all the tribulation and also the great tribulation. Great tribulation is what? Sun is darkened, the moon is darkened and all those things which I mentioned to you, six things, earthquakes, all those things also people will go through. But just before the wrath is poured out, they will be raptured. Are you understanding? Everybody is teaching a gospel where they say the rapture will take even before the tribulation starts. So that the, those who believe in Christ will go through no problem. No, it's not the truth. You're reading, you're understanding it. So go back and read Matthew 24, Mark 21 and Luke 13. They have the same thing in the same chronology of events. So when you are reading this now, when you look at this multitude, who are they? They are the people who have been raptured. And they are from where? They are from every tribe and every people and every language. And they are all standing before the throne and before the Lamb and they are dressed in, robed in white. White means they have been purchased. The righteousness, the garment of righteousness has been put over them because God has purchased them through his blood and with palm branches on their hand. This is also a signification of what happened for Jesus when Jesus entered into Jerusalem. People were all with palm branches. That is how they declared their joy and happiness having the palm. So the same way these people also will be there because they are now going in the presence of God. They have been raptured into his presence and they cry out with a loud voice saying salvation belongs to a God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. So 
we have been saved and God has set us free. And verse 11, and all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and around the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God singing. Now the angels who were there, that is the four plus one, five angels, they all fell down and they worshipped God singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to a God forever and ever and ever. Amen. So this is the song which is sung by the angels. Then one of the elders addressed me. Addressed me means it's John. So one of the elders is asking him, who are these robed in white and where have they come from? Imagine John is going there. He's only looking at what thing is happening over there. He's already perturbed, like all, all of us are perturbed. We're looking with our, you know, what's happening kind of stuff. So what is all this unfolding in front of me is perturbed. And one of the elders who's supposed to know it all, you are there, you better know it all. So he's a mister who knows it all. He's coming and asking John, where are these people come from? There's multitudes of people. From where have they come from? Like, you know, and normally this is a great truth of Christianity. I will come to that later. And this John comes back and says, I said to him, sir, you are the one that knows. Like you are asking me, you should be the one who is telling me, sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, this is a great thing in Christianity is why this is mentioned over here. Why the scripture has been placed over here is someone who knows God never questions. Someone who knows God completely, totally, Never questions his decisions. We say, God, you know it all. So you reveal to me what? It's happening. Like suppose I am going through some persecution in my life, some problem in my life. I say, God, where are you? Can't you see it? Why is my family going through this crisis? Why these things are happening in my life? I just read, you know, a testimony of a lady who was, you know, has a 13-year-old daughter coming back home and uh, the daughter calls up and tells her that, uh, uh, can you pick me up from school, ma? I have to walk back home. It's going to snow. It's winter. And mama is a little busy with doing some work. And she says, Baba, can you walk down? Start walking down. And slowly I'll just finish my work and come and pick you up. So this girl is supposed to be back home at 4 o'clock. And it's 4 o'clock, she doesn't turn up. Now it's 10 o'clock, she doesn't turn up. Then they go searching. They put the police complain. They go all around, put her, uh, put her photo everywhere. And it is after a week or two that they find her dead body. She had been murdered that day. And this woman who's a complete, total believer in Christ now is so broken and angry with God. That why did you let this happen? I prayed to you. I am with you. How a God who knows everything would let my 13 year old daughter who was bound, her hands and legs were bound and she froze to death in that cold. Now why did he murder? I do not know. But that guy murdered and you know she had a slow death in the cold. So she went completely against this God. And then she went into an abyss of anger, resenting God. And then she had two more kids and now she stopped praying to God for the other two kids. She says, if I surrender these two kids to my God, probably he'll mess their life too. It's a natural thought of a woman who's gone through so much of pain. It took so much for her to understand about forgiveness, to let go of this thing. She had, she said, I have two choices. Either go through the abyss of hatred and get sucked in by that abyss. Means abyss means a wide area and from there there is no escape. I go into this place of absolute anger and destroy myself or I choose the opposite. I choose to let go and say, God, you know, I don't know. You know, but whatever happened, you know, I don't understand. But even that, you will turn it around for my good. Even that. So she had to let go and trust God. I'm giving you an extreme situation because this is what John replies in that manner, says, I do not know, but you know. 
And whatever you are telling me, whatever you are teaching me, everything is right. Good, bad, ugly, whatever happens, God, you are still in control. That is the life of a Christian. So understand, I went a little off track, but I hope you understood. So he says, I said to him, so you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, who said? One of the 24 elders says to him, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. tribulation. So you understand, they they have come out of the great tribulation. So you have to go through the tribulation. There is no pre-tribulation rapture. Did you get it? Now you understood? It is sealed in your head? There is no rapture before the tribulation. The tribulation will come. After that, there is a sun and moon. Then before the wrath happens, there is a rapture. The rapture happens just before the wrath of God. And they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Normally, if you get a cut or a wound, what happens to you? Your uh, your uh, dress becomes stained with blood. It becomes red. It becomes red. But it's exactly opposite saying when Jesus washes you, he washes you with the blood, you will become white. You will become white. You don't become clean. I mentioned very specific. He'll make them white in the blood of the lamb. That's God. Okay. So for this reason, they are before the throne of God. So these people, so my time is up. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and they worship him day and night within his temple and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat for the lamp of the se- lamp at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now these people have gone through tribulation. They had gone through so much of persecution. They have gone through pestilence. They have gone through famine. They have seen the cosmic catastrophes happening before the sun, moon, darkening, living in total darkness. You do not know what's happening to people around you. You see the sun, you know, the sky just roll up. Then you see the earthly heaven. It's so difficult for a person to, you know, bear that. But once the rapture takes, God says, no, I'm going to spread my tent upon you. I will be over you. I will take care of you. In this place, there is going to be no scorching heat. You are going to never thirst. You are not going to shed a single tear. You will be happy forever. And he says, I will take you to the springs of the water of life. That is a, springs of the water of life is a new kingdom. And I will wipe off every tear from your eyes. So did you understand? So before he comes to the pouring of the wrath, this is what will happen to all the believers. Before the wrath is poured out, the believers will go off from the earth. Amen? So did you understand? Did you understand the sixth seal? Did you understand the 1,44,000 people, the identity of them? Yes or no? Means so, so, so gently you're saying, yes or no? Yes. Yes or no? Yes. Okay, great. So you understood who that 1,44,000 are the saints from the tribes of Israel, but all from the Old Testament. They are not necessarily the Jews. There are many Jews who believe in Christ. They will definitely be saved. But does not mean that it's a blanket that everyone who is born a Jew will be saved. No. That teaching is wrong. The Jews, only who Jews who believe in Christ will be saved. Amen? So did you understand? Praise God. Shall we close our eyes? Our Father, we thank you so much, your Master, that so much has been taught today, your Master. So many things that everybody has to read and understand and meditate, your Master. But Lord, you will teach them, you will talk to them when they go back to their house and open the 
open the book of Revelation and read these chapters again, you'll make it very easy for them to understand our master. And they will know the truth of master and they, they, they shall understand this truth and they shall uh, walk according to it and they shall also teach others this truth of master, this book that is so crucial for each and every Christian, every person on earth to know our master. Thank you, God, for this teaching and thank you, God, for the teachings that are going to come, our master. We surrender everything into loving care, guidance and protection. And I cover every every seed that has been sown over here. I cover every seed of master. Not one seed will be lost, but every seed will germinate and will grow, bring forth a mighty tree, a mighty tree of harvest for your kingdom, our master. And for this, I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.